Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, fetch the bolt cutters, it's Arturo Zurita. How you doing, Zach? I'm excited to talk about stuff that's literally out of this world. Some of the most uh, out there movies. Uh, and I'm excited to bring on somebody who's passionate, someone who loves movies, Bailey from two channels, but one of the best <laughs> one of the best ones out there, uh, Loverboy Media. Our boy Bailey coming all the way from Australia. How are we all doing? Pretty good. Yep. <laughs> It's crazy every time that we deal with people from outside time zones, because for us, it's like practically midnight, but for you, it's the complete opposite. You're seeing the sun. That's it. That's it. And this is still somehow earlier than I would usually be awake, because now that um, <laughs> now that the world is in the current state it's in, time doesn't matter, and you can quite easily go to bed at 5, 6 a.m. and get up whenever you want, and it doesn't matter. So, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at right now down here in australia who even knows what day it is anymore no (laughs) nobody knows dude it's a blur and it works for me because mentally being a youtuber my brain is always in like (laughs) right it already wasn't working i'm I'm already in the u.s time zone because everything i post is Uh, based around u.s times and that so right now i'm quite literally living on that time zone with zero repercussions for doing that locally so it's great yeah. Right. Uh, I feel you. I breakfast all the, all day long, so to me, it's <laughs> it's just been even altered even more. But uh, I'm excited to talk about the, the bracket we have today. Yeah, we're enjoying whatever benefits that quarantine gives us in a little bit. We will be talking about the best space movies. But first, make sure you're subscribed to the Intercut Podcast, either the video podcast, youtube.com slash intercutpod, or the audio podcast available on most podcatchers. Also, follow Intercut on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We are at intercutpod. That's at intercut, P-O-D. That's short for podcast. Art, let's start the way we started every week here on the show with what we are watching. What you been watching, buddy? I got a couple Netflix originals that came out, um, and both of them uh, were very, very like tinier movies. Code 8 was one that actually, this one isn't, isn't a Netflix original, but it made the Netflix top 10. It was a uh, short film that was actually made by the Amel duo. I believe that their cousins uh, both were in Arrow. And uh, this is a, a sort of futuristic tale talking about how people have superpowers. Another one that's on Netflix is Freaks, very similar to this, where the government has decided, yo, it ain't fair for some of these people to have powers or some people using illegals to be able to do construction because they can, you know, mend things with electricity. They're practically airbenders in a sense, and they're trying to outlaw them all. Uh, I think it has a really interesting behind the scenes and how these cousins like got it to got, were able to fundraise uh, a movie where they only wanted 200K, ended up with like three mil. And then made a better Blumhouse budget type movie with that. Because uh, I think that the sci-fi that they get into is uh, it's very intricate. It's very detailed. And 
they really use that budget. Like, uh, it feels like a, like an actual big movie that people would see in theaters. And it's on Netflix now uh, for people to catch at home. I don't know if you've heard anything about this. About this I, at all. I remember seeing Freaks pop up and, you know, they've got that uh, What's Trending on Netflix Now mm-hmm. feature. Uh, and it struck me as a bit odd because I think it's from, what, a year or two ago? It's yeah, not exactly like a brand new movie. Yeah, the, this is a movie that came out uh, not too long ago. Uh, and the same thing with another pick that I have, which is a movie called The Occupants from Netflix, an Argentinian film that stars some of the actors from another Argentinian Netflix thriller, I recommend, The Invisible Guest. But The Occupants is about this guy who pretty much believes in the life that he deserves because uh, he creates trailers or sorry, commercials for a living. The ones that go is like, you need to drive this car. You need to do this because this is the life you deserve. He takes that to heart. So when his world starts crumbling and he gets fired from one job and then he loses his home, then he's got to clean his own stuff because he doesn't have his maid. This dude starts going into a like breaking bad downfall degree in order to be able to get that life back from the tr- from that commercial, those commercials that he used to make. Uh, and is willing to do anything to get there. Another Netflix thriller, I highly recommend it. It goes to some crazy places. Uh, and a couple of WTF warnings, because it goes to some spots where you're like, oh, oh, this that's nasty. I'm not sure how far uh, they're going to go with it, but uh, it's a pretty crazy movie. So Code 8, uh, sci-fi on Netflix, in case you guys are interested, and The Occupants, an Argentinian, Argentinian thriller, also on Netflix. Uh, Bailey, any of these options show up on Australian trending in Netflix, or is it just Tiger King like us? Well, you know, uh, it, it, it's just Tiger King. It's only Tiger King. Um, with uh, with Netflix, man, I don't even browse. Like, I don't. I I go on Netflix and I pretty much just hit the search tab straight away and go in to find what I'm looking for. Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't even. Um, no, I, that's actually weird. It's interesting for me hearing stuff I've never heard about it because usually I'm always hearing people like recommend something I've already seen or already know about. They're, they're films I've never even heard of. So yes. that's, uh, that's unique. I'll take it. I mean, Netflix has been grabbing up a bunch of like these tinier sort of uh, genre movies to yeah. fill up their slate. Um, out of the think- ones that you mentioned, is there one in particular that you think stands above the rest? Me? Art, art, yeah. Uh, between these two, I would say the occupant. I mean, they're they're both impressive with what they do. One being yeah. more an international thriller, and then the other one being like a sci-fi that was able to it shows you that bigger sci-fi should be using their budget a little bit better. But what you brought up is interesting, and like what Bailey was saying, Netflix, unlike Disney Plus, Disney Plus can only host what Disney, Disney originals. Yeah. You know, you get what I'm getting at? Whereas Netflix is an Apple where it can only be Apple originals. This is Netflix that's going, yo, we're like an online blockbuster. We'll borrow your movie for a little bit and host it on our site. I'm very curious to see what Disney and Apple and Quibi and all the other ones are going to (laughs) do. Considering Netflix has that one up, they can get a code host it for a little while and then let it go. Yeah, it's a a huge advantage. Like I remember stuff was going around this week about... um, because uh, I think when Disney Plus was announced, everyone's like, oh, this is the Netflix killer. And it yeah. just immediately turned out that that wasn't the case. Because not only do they not yeah, have the it's... original content to start out, but it's like their catalog is just Disney. So, uh, whereas Netflix just, it... yeah, they're literally like, we'll take whatever because they don't care. Exactly. Like, they just, as long as we have stuff, we'll take whatever it is. Um, and like I mentioned, one is international. Exactly. You know, yeah. does Disney have that? Not really. But what have you hey, been watching? Is there anything? Hey, all this could change when Artemis Fowl drops you guys. Just, just throwing Stop. that out there. Stop. Uh, <laughs> Bailey, uh, what about you? What have you been watching? Um, 
I've been catching up on a lot of stuff that I have needed to watch for a long time because we've got, um, you know, my Blu-ray collection is tiny compared to how much stuff my housemates have got. <laughs> like, there is hundreds of films, um, heaps of criterions and stuff. Uh, so, nice. uh, there's been basic stuff where, like, different people around the house haven't seen stuff. So, I've, like, rewatched Boogie Nights. I've rewatched The Matrix, rewatched Hot Rod. Awesome. Like, a you know, a bunch of random stuff there that, like, we're filling in gaps. Um, but... Like, we watched uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid uh, for the first time uh, last awesome. week. And I I had no idea I was going to love that movie that much. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it has, like, massive yeah. modern meme energy. I don't know how else <laughs> to put it, but it's like a film from, what's it, 1969 or something that's doing, like, all this crazy stuff with, like, zooms and, like, weird music choices and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is in a Western from the 60s and I just had so much yeah. fun with it like that was uh, that was amazing I've got a list here because I like try to log everything on Letterboxd now because there's like I think I've watched more movies the in the past to. month than I did for the entire previous year <laughs> Uh, Butch Cassidy is a great pick though I mean I, you know just talking about that modern energy it sort of has that uh, buddy friendship uh, movie dynamic that we're familiar with but you know uh that's Paul Newman and Robert Redford at their most charismatic. Yeah, it's uh, a, that's a great movie. It's a movie that I can't imagine anyone not enjoying. Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah. There's so when I used to like live at home and watch movies with my family, they had an, like an adversity to watching older films, and I feel like that's the kind of thing you could put on and absolutely anyone would enjoy. Um, totally. I caught up on Full Metal Jacket, which I hadn't seen, which Ooh. I absolutely adored. Um, bit of. There's a whole bunch of um, Kubrick I'm try- like I want to catch up on, but it's like every one of his films is such an event. I've got to kind of like <laughs> hype myself up to it. Um, also checked out uh, Rosemary's Baby for the first time. Ooh, and, that's uh, a great one. Yeah, that was incredible. And uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which like I expected to like, but I didn't expect it to be like, I didn't expect to love it that much. Like Really? Oh man, I, I don't know what it was. Like seeing... Um, Cause like Finch has got kind of like a, I don't want to say like an apathetic approach, but it's so kind of um, like to most films it's uh, yeah. I don't know. He never like, he's there's never, no warmth to uh, most Fincher movies. Yeah. He's know? not mining into like, I wouldn't say they're sentimental. That's probably what I'm looking for. Yes. They're not sentimental. Like films. So watching him take on a film that was like so intensely sentimental. Mm hmm. Um, it's definitely the oddball in his uh, cat film catalog. But I thought it really worked. Like, considering mm-hmm. it's by the same writer as Forrest Gump, um, <laughs> seeing it like, yeah, him tackle a script like that and just seeing, I don't think I've ever seen a story like that done that way. Um, mm-hmm. So I absolutely adored that. That's basically what I've been watching is catching up on everything on my watch list. So I haven't really checked out anything new. Um, I'm trying to think of, I've been watching Veep. I started watching Veep. Um the nice. HBO HBO show, which I'm absolutely loving, curb your enthusiasm, bunch of stuff like that on HBO. So you're our second guest in a row to mention that you're uh, watching Veep. So yeah, uh, I don't. It was just a random. I don't know why I started it. It was just all of a sudden like uh, I'm having dinner and I want to watch something short while I eat Veep, and now I'm like hooked on it. So awesome. Yeah, uh, the Armando Iannucci originally scripted uh, show. I, I definitely wanted to. Uh, catch up with that 
because uh, I've only seen a select few episodes, and I've heard it's just some of the best joke writing that's been on TV recently. It's so fast. It's like just watching yeah. it on, like, how do you come up with this? How do you act it? How do you make it so convincingly real and so weird at the same time? <laughs> it's surreal. Great. Uh, so, yeah, there's a few options that uh, Bailey's been checking out in his back catalog it's a great time to catch up on the movies you've always been wanting to watch uh i've watched a few different tv shows recently i I binged through all of briar patch which is available through usa uh the usa channel i feel like i still associate it with like the characters welcome like royal pains and psych days but they've they've definitely had an eye towards more prestige dramas recently you know they've uh, had their Mr. Robots and Art's a fan of uh, The Sinner, another show that they do. Uh, this is a show that's also produced by Sam Esmail. It comes from uh, Andy Greenwald, who's actually a, a critic and podcaster turned showrunner. So uh, maybe something to aspire to for some of us there. Uh, it's a really interesting show in that it takes this kind of like uh, Dashiell Hammett, hard-boiled detective type of vibe but it's got this uh, almost like Fargo-y quirk to it too. Uh, It's shot really beautifully, and I found that uh, just the craftsmanship of it, the way that all the pieces sort of come together, that when they introduce a character and you may not be sure why they're there, it it tends to pay off uh, within an episode or two. Uh, It's a show that starts with Rosario Dawson returning to her hometown because her sister's been murdered with a car bomb. And it ends up becoming this, you know, uh, tangled web of uh, of arms dealers and government uh, involvement and all sorts of really, really interesting subplots that uh, end up circling back to where we started. Uh, it's cl- it's not the most engaging show. It took me maybe the, till the third episode to become invested, but... I would recommend uh, Briar Patch now that it's wrapped up and you can binge through it. Okay. Um, How many episodes? Sorry? How many episodes? It's 10 episodes long. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also finished Devs recently. I don't know if either of oh. you guys caught oh, any I've Devs. Okay. I'm probably going to start it this week. So you haven't started it at all? No. I always tell Zach I do this thing where I need it to be completed so that I can just munch on it all at once. Yeah. So it's finally completed. I hop into the first episode. It was too much for me. I got so scared the moment the worm thing happened. That's all I will say because I was just talking some stuff about like human patterns and stuff like that. And you, you guys know Alex Garland does not mess around. No, I don't. So when yeah, he, when he is on one, he is on one, and you know, it, sometimes it, just like Jaws made everyone scared of the water, he makes you scared of science. Like just like <laughs> honestly, makes you scared of science. Yeah. I got so I, like I had to turn it off. I started watching something else on HBO. I think I was watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I also was getting into because these guys have always told me watch that. But I got into one episode of Devs. Did you finish it? Because I hear it's a masterpiece. <sighs> I, I, I don't know if I'll go so far as calling it a masterpiece, but it is a, a deeply compelling show. Uh, you know, it has, I would say it has uh, Alex Garland's fascination with tech and building consciousness and AI uh, that you see in Ex Machina, but it's mm-hmm. got the more philosophical and existential approach uh, that you see in Annihilation. Uh, the marrying of those two just creates this like deeply like thought-provoking world where uh, it becomes this 
argument between free will and determinism and are are we on a set path or this is this part of many worlds and uh you know it all kicks off with this like murder case but then becomes so much deeper i did uh find that maybe i was less interested in what's going on with the lead character as i was with the supporting characters you have uh, nick offerman and allison Mm -hmm. pill show up as part of this uh tech company and they're just giving these really deeply interesting performances uh I, i was fascinated whenever they showed up uh it takes a while to get there there you're it maybe feels like it's an episode or two too long. I was surprised with how satisfying I found this finale, given the existential nature of the show. Wow. Uh, it, it had a pretty, pretty really, uh, both visually and, and uh, thematically compelling finale, I felt. Uh, not uh, to mention just, you know, Alex Garland's got just an unbelievable eye for crafting these future uh, worlds. Dude. It's definitely the prettiest TV show I've seen all year. Oh. We're going to be talking a lot of Alex Garland uh, come later as well. But you said uh, – so Offerman's not the main character? Uh, no, he's really? kind of the – most of the stuff revolves around him. But it follows uh, the – the uh, I forget her name, Sonoya something. She's the one who was in uh, both Ex Machina and Annihilation. Okay. Maniac as well. She's yeah. the scientist okay. in Maniac, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Yeah, she's the, the lead character on the show. Yeah, I'm definitely curious to see uh, what you end up thinking about that. I also just mentioned Defending Jacob. It's uh, premiering on Apple TV this Friday. Uh, It will be unveiling three episodes. I've seen four episodes. There will be eight episodes. Uh, It's Chris Evans' first big post-Captain America role, if you want to call it that. Uh, It's his return to capital S, serious capital A acting in a show about a uh, attorney whose son ends up being accused of murder and his fight to uh, exonerate his son. Uh, It's direct. All eight episodes are directed by Morton Tildum, who also did the imitation game, a movie that I personally found overwrought. And uh, I would say the same about this show, to be honest. Uh, It, it, it's overextended. It sits on these uncomplicated notes. Uh, I actually wrote a quote from the first episode that I feel like is the writer telling on themselves a little bit uh, in The Sun describing uh, his teacher's approach to the catcher in the rye. The books she gives us just always have these metaphors and similes and symbols you're supposed to figure out. But it's like, who cares? Just tell the freaking story. Why do you need all these layers to decode? I-, I just didn't think there was much to decode about this show. Uh, maybe the last four episodes will change my mind, but yeah, I don't know if I'd, it's worth going through four hours of TV just to get there. Two things. Yeah. Is he better than he was in Knives Out? That's He's more possible. fun in Knives Out. That's not possible, is it? I was going to ask about the sweaters. He's certainly not as well-dressed as he was in Knives yeah, Out. For sure. um, the other one being... Does Tim Cook just write these things and insert them into uh, moments? Because, yeah, we heard Tim Apple was going to say that at no show on Apple TV Plus can be on there unless he approves of it. And Morning Show does what you just said. Dickinson does what you just said. And Alina's been watching this other one where the girl from um, Florida Project is solving Brooklyn crimes. Prince, yeah. Uh, they'll stop the show to just tell you what the writers are thinking. <laughs> and that is a running thing that each Apple one does. And I don't know if that has to do with what, what you and I talked about with, like, how they are picking their content. But right. they all seem to be doing the same thing. So is it enough to drive people to get the Apple Plus subscription? 
I mean, maybe there will be fans of Chris Evans who who really want to see what he, what else he can do, but I don't think this is like going to be anywhere near uh, the one. as defining of a role uh, for him. It, you know, I go go watch him in Snowpiercer before you watch him in this. He gets to do a little bit of his, like he hints at a Boston accent because the show is set in Massachusetts, but it's it doesn't even go all the way there. I don't know. Uh, mm. It's a pass for me. Bailey, do you have Apple TV Plus? No, um, no, I don't have like. Uh, we go through patches of having like Amazon Prime, but we usually just stick with <laughs> um, Netflix and what we've got here. Um, it's called Foxtel, which basically gives us like okay. all our all our HBO, all our FX. Ah, um, it's all like our Sky AMC, in the UK, all in one place. So that's gotcha. kind of enough, um, and nothing is nothing that's been on Apple TV or any. That's of the, the question other I was upcoming. asking. <laughs> None of the other yep. ones that have come up have made me go, "Ah, yes, I need to get this." Like we got Disney Plus um, for a bit for The Mandalorian, which I enjoyed, yeah. but it's kind of a bit more casual viewing TV. Um, I'd probably put that in the same zone as stuff that I watch, like Veep and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Whereas, like, if I'm watching something like. Uh, uh, Mr. Robot or which I'm getting back into because I want to finish like that's dedicated viewing where I'm like it's got to yeah. be late at night I've got to have headphones mean. on it's all in whereas <laughs> um, yeah so not even Disney Plus has had anything that's made me go yes this is the new kind of takeover from from Netflix nothing's really had its killer app yet I guess they've been here since last fall I know you know and, and the, the last show, fall I haven't watched them have you guys watched the morning show at all I caught four episodes and it was not for me. I, I'll finish it at one point, but not yeah, for me. Like, three episodes in, same. I was expecting like that's going to come out and be this phenomenal thing, and then reviews weren't great. And I think no they one, were expecting that too. No one really dude, dude, the moment it. they got the Golden Globe nom or whatever that nomination was without any episodes being out, I went, "Oh, I see what what's going on mm. here." You know? Yeah. So, so no, it's I'm still I a, agree. still a Netflix person. I guess at the end of Fair the day. Enough. They've got everything. And just, you were saying before about like the Sinner is on my watch list and that's on our Australian Netflix. So we get all that extra stuff comes to us through different avenues, no matter what. So yeah, that's dope. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's what we've been watching, but let us know what you've been watching in the comments down below or by shooting us an email. The address for that is intercutpod at gmail.com. We are going to move on to our topic of the week. It's the best modern space movie bracket. Uh, We brought Bailey on to help us decode what outer space movie has done the most, has been the, has just riveted us and, 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 enthralled us and made us feel alive uh, more than any other space movie. But we also have to define what is a space movie? Yeah. You know, you want to open it up to things like District 9 or Arrival where aliens come down to Earth, but we don't really go to space in those movies. And you want to open it up uh, (laughs) to to a lot of different things. Yeah. But ultimately, uh, we had to set some restrictions here. We can't go on forever. Uh, so that means, you know, we don't have uh, Transformers. We don't have Endgame. We do have Infinity War. More on that later. Uh, there's a bunch of other favorites. So sorry, I guess, if your space movie didn't get on the list. Uh, we have a good bracket, though, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of interesting movies here. We are only going movies from 2001 
and more recent to open this up to every space movie that's ever existed would make this impossible. Mm -hmm. So for the sake of uh, not debating about Aliens or 2001, uh, we are limiting this to the more recent modern space movies. So again, 2001 forward. Starting at the 21st century, put it that way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Perfect. I do have some honorable mentions. Do you mind if I mention some oh, just please. for the fan bases yeah. out there? Uh, I don't want the Alita fans who have been telling us that she does, in fact, go up in space saying otherwise. That, there is that, that film there. Uh, some of the other ones that uh, Tom Cruise's Oblivion, I think, got a bunch of mixed we got, reactions. We got that on here. Oh, we got that on there, my bet. Men in yeah. Black 3? Is that on there? We snuck that on uh, there as well. Snuck yeah, that on there. Oh, my God. I think we got I most of your you honorable mentions. Thank you. My honorable mentions made it. Uh, Lilo and Stitch did not make it, did it? No. Lilo no, and Stitch is an animated now masterpiece. From, now I wish it did. Uh, some of the other ones that, uh, let me see, Chicken Little, The Sky Was Coming to Him, uh, Titan AE. I was surprised. I was doing my research for this. People love that movie, the animation yeah. from way back in the early 2000s. Um, and then this one, I know no one agrees with it. But I do like Valerian and the Kingdoms of its Skulls and whatever whatever it was called. I didn't I didn't hate it like other people did. I'm, but, I'm, I'm uh, with yeah. you. I enjoy a lot of it. As long as really? probably like if you turn the sound off or removed all dialogue <laughs> or I don't know, I, I visually find that film phenomenal. I like its ideas. Oh yeah, I like the probably world they ends were about there, but that counts for a lot for me. Yeah. So yeah, it's not perfect, but it's there. But uh, no, that one maybe should have made the bracket. My bad on that. Bra- no, we have oh, well. we have a jam packed one. We have a jam packed one. Yeah, Let's yeah. Go. A lot of good options, a lot of great movies from great filmmakers, some of them Oscar-nominated. Uh, let's get into it uh, with the seeds going from the oldest movie first to the new- newest movie most recently, the number one seed being Solaris, the number 32 seed being Apollo 11, our only documentary on this list. Uh, let me throw it to Art because as much as I love to ride for Soderbergh on this podcast, uh, this is one of my blank spots in Soderbergh's catalog. I haven't seen Solaris. Um, So Solaris, obviously, it's based off of a book that has been made into like a Soviet Union film. And then obviously um, Tarkovsky (laughs) made one film from the 70s or something. And then I did not know this, but it is our uh, Jimmy Cameron. He produced the movie and got Soderbergh to make it, and they wanted to. They pretty much said, "We yeah, we like what Tarkovsky did, but we kind of have like other ideas on stuff that we want to do." <laughs> and pretty much, uh, the guy who wrote the novel came out and said, "Yeah, Tarkovsky's version trash, and y'all's version trash." So the original guy doesn't like either. But in between these two, Solaris and Apollo Eleven, I'm picking Solaris. Apollo Eleven is a, is a fantastic movie, one of the best documentaries from uh, last year. It almost makes you wonder if they traveled back in time to shoot that B-roll because it is it's. It's incredible. Uh, we talked about how even some sci-tech museums over here in America that I know of were putting it at the Omni theaters, meaning that you were able to experience all of the footage while it wrapped around you. Um, so, uh, shouts out to Apollo Eleven. I, I think it's definitely one of the uh, uh, one of the standouts on this list. But I have to go Solaris. Yeah, uh, you know it, it's become an iconic film, so I feel like it's fair to give it to Solaris here in the first matchup. Uh, our next matchup is Interstellar, the Chris Nolan vehicle, for, versus Oblivion, the uh, not honorable mention. Ooh, uh, Bailey, where do you where do you lie between Interstellar and Oblivion? I don't know if this is much of a well, debate. Um, look, not to say that I don't enjoy a lot about Oblivion. Uh, the director of that movie uh, has... I, I am very excited to see where that man goes because he's the same guy that did Tron Legacy and then he did Oblivion 
And then mm-hmm. his. Uh, did anyone see Only the Brave? Not to detour here, but did anyone? I see did it? see that one. Did you? Go, did you yeah. enjoy it? Yeah, I thought it was solid. You know, it's not spectacular, but there's definitely really good sequences. Uh, you know, Fire impressive Fighter sequences one? to it. Is that the firefighter the, one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I did not get to see that one, but no. So that was like the most surprising random watch of that year for me because I I th- I was like knocked out by that movie and that came out of nowhere. Just wanted to. That's almost like a little plug there, just to get. I want I want yeah. more people to check that movie out. Um, no, <laughs> I, shout so, out Joseph so, Kosinski. Yeah, and he's the now director. doing Top Gun as well. So awesome. Um, really? No, I, yeah, wow. he's the director of Top Gun. Um, obviously had a good rapport with um, Tom Cruise because obviously yeah, he pretty good to get people back. Um, no, so. Point being, just want to say I, I like Oblivion, uh, but Interstellar is like top five film, my top five favorite film. So I'm gonna be probably writing that one out for a while. Uh, Interstellar is <laughs> like, um, I don't know, I don't even know where to start with that movie. That's like for me, I guess what I the space want movie from sci-fi. Like that's kind of when I'm watching a sci-fi movie, that kind of fills. Most when you of look the... at a bracket of space movies, that's the one. Yeah, well, I, I mean, there's other there's other ones on here that might even be higher than that. But, uh, but oh. as far as as far as sci-fi goes, like uh, that Interstellar is kind of the good intersection of uh, science that gets to be portrayed in a visually ex- like explosive way, and the emotion of Interstellar, which I know is a lot of people's problems with it, but the emotion of Interstellar yeah. I really connect with. Um, pretty sure I cried like two minutes into the movie and nothing emotional had even happened yet. I was just like, this is the best <laughs> shit I've ever seen. Um, so now I'm riding Interstellar out for a bit. Uh, I'm uh, also going Interstellar. Yeah. Uh, Interstellar, I think, is kind of remembered in a league above Oblivion. I know Oblivion has its uh, defenders out there, but, you know, Interstellar it, it is become a modern classic in many Interstellar ways. Interstellar so. is Interstellar. Yeah, exactly. on top of that, we don't I have to go further than that. Yeah, exactly. But there's a better version of Oblivion, I think, in the next one. Ooh, so uh, the next matchup is a matchup of uh, kind of indie-ish space movies. It's Moon versus High Life. Art, which way are you leaning here? Uh, I have to go Moon all the way. This is coming yeah. from uh, Junior himself, uh, Duncan Jones, talking mm-hmm. about uh, Life Up on the Moon starring Sam Rockwell. And it go it gets into some interesting stuff. What, one of my favorite posters, I love the poster to this, mm. High Life being a film that we caught last year, if I'm not mistaken, at last TIFF. Last year, yeah. Uh, yeah, it had come out the same year yeah. that t- that uh, First Man, yeah, so last last year, 2018. Yeah, uh, two TIFFs ago. but It came yeah. out when uh, First Man came out as well. And I remember First Man being the one where uh, your boy went <laughs> for 40 minutes. <laughs> and then this one being where the same motion was happening, but on a sex toy. Uh, Got to go Moon all the way. High Life is a very interesting space movie, but uh, Moon is crazy. Moon's one to yeah, definitely uh, have on your list. Moon is 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 one of my uh, favorites. It's just such a, a clever sort of uh, bottle of mm-hmm. episode of a movie right? in a way. You know, you sp- just spend all this time on this spaceship, kind of confined with Sam Rockwell and a robot voice by Kevin Spacey, but that was cooler at the time. Um, but he it, it gets into such a really interesting uh, kind of like self examination and mm-hmm. trippy kind of. Uh, it, movie i i so gripped by that film it's a great thriller uh and to do so much with so little Mm -hmm. is uh something that i really really appreciate so uh we're going moon in that matchup the next matchup Hmm? mute (laughs) Uh, yeah not mute we are not going mute we don't talk about that we don't talk about that one (laughs) no 
Yeah. Uh, the next, the next matchup Ooh. is uh, between a film that I actually hadn't heard of Bro. before. Art asked me to put it on this bracket. And J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. Uh, Art, why are you going Aniara here? Bailey, have you heard or seen the movie Aniara? I think I've heard for I'm just gonna I'm just going to look it up uh, again because I've Bro. definitely heard of it. Uh, this I thing haven't is insane. It, though. it is a foreign film, if I'm not mistaken. It should be available Sweden? in Hulu, probably around the states. I Swedish just looked film? up about. I just clicked on Google Images just to look at its poster and a couple of shots from it, and I'm I can already right? tell this is going to be a hundred percent my shit. I let me sell it for you. So pretty much, you have uh, the world at this point. It's very much like Ad Astra. I would even argue. Yeah, I'm getting better at Ad Astra vibes from the look of this. So, so people are allowed to go up to, you know, it's a three-week voyage up to be able to go to Mars. And a lot of people go on visits to Mars. The Earth has pretty much been destructed at this point. I do want to bring up something very important here. And that is that this movie takes place in the not-too-distant future. Uh, I, I, actually, I'll get to the dates in a little bit. The dates to these sci-fi movies are very scary. <laughs> I'll just say that. Aniara pretty much has them going up into Mars. An accident happens. They get detoured. This is only the first 20 minutes, guys. Gets detoured. The, the, the captain comes up and goes, hey, I know we're supposed to be there in three weeks. Um, it's going to take two years for us to find a planet and hopefully go around <laughs> it. Uh, 20 minutes in, you realize there may not even be a planet. That is 20 minutes in. Just a and it's space how they disaster su- It's film. how they survive up in this half spaceship, half mall, half just them. How are they going to create food? How are they going to get along with each other? And the movie tells its story by jumping in time. And you have to catch up. I've I've immediately not, I've immediately like sent the IMDb page to my housemate saying we've got to check this out. <laughs> uh, uh, it is incredible. Star Trek is cool, and maybe if you folks want to speak tar- Star Trek, I understand. But no, I think I'm already Aniara, going with the movie anything, I haven't seen. I'm going with the yeah, movie I haven't anything, seen yet. Like, I, I, love think the, Aniara, I love the Abrams Star Trek. I love that movie, but this beautiful. already sounds like so my thing. <laughs> so I'm going with the one I haven't even seen. It's a little bit of a yeah. slow burn, but I'm glad that we get to put it on people's radar because, again, you know, it's a Swedish film that came out in 2018, getting a little bit more of a boost now because it's one of those where it's like you see it in 2020 and everyone's confused because the letterbox is 2018, but that's because they get the slow releases out there. But, yo. Well, that's why I said I before mean, that High Life, was, High Life was last year because we didn't get it till last year. Exactly. So that's yeah, why yeah, I was yeah, so I certain. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Aniara? Get it on your radar. It's dope. It's it's a slow burn, but I think it's definitely worth it. It's def. I cannot yeah. wait to hear you guys' thoughts on it, especially the final shot. <laughs> All right, oh. we'll have to catch up with that one. Uh, I kind of like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, but I, I don't like it enough that I'm going to argue it above that <laughs> uh, that speech. Uh, so we'll go on Yara here, I guess, and uh, move on to Serenity versus Men in Black Three. Bailey, which way are you leaning here? Um, I can't remember. I actually can't really remember how I feel about Men in Black Three. Um, okay, that might be saying something. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna out. let that. I'm gonna let that speak for itself. Um, and Serenity, I have a weird relationship with because I haven't seen Firefly at all, but I've seen okay. Serenity. It was one of the films <laughs> I remember in high school, like our last uh, last year of high school. That was like a media class film that we were talking about. Um, which I didn't really dig at the time, but I've seen a lot of it since. I haven't actually rewatched it since, but I, I really dig it, and it's a really great mm-hmm. Joss Whedon vehicle. Like it really shows yep. off all of his kind of strengths, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go with Serenity on that. I don't feel super passionate about the film, but I've I've got a a bit of love for it. So I feel. You. 
Yeah, Serenity is it's interesting because I really like what Josh Whedon did of taking Firefly, not being able to get that extra season, and he did everything in his power to be able to get a movie out of it. And mm-hmm. I like it's real G stuff that he did behind the scenes on on like trying to figure out the budget just to be able to finish his story and not compromise. Yeah. I love Men in Black 3. If there's ever <laughs> been a franchise that did a and, and it sucks because how you do Men in Black 3 and find a way to change the first while not changing the first but adding yeah. that extra element i'm trying to remind you guys of what happened in men in black 3 with no no I, I remember younger, i remember, remember it being my favorite of them i remember the three, three yeah i think it was my favorite of the three of them but i, still I don't know what don't happened have... with international i don't know what happened there but for this one i will go that's why men i said three. three we don't count international yeah. it's, not, it's not real we don't <laughs> count international that's why it's not even numbered uh, i will go three I, I i think serenity is a great example one of the best examples to be honest of how to go from tv to movies um, and being able to stand on his own, like, you know, you don't even have to see Firefly to get it. Yeah. But that's one in one, Zach. What you got? Uh, for me, I'm going Serenity. You know, I, I agree with Bailey that it, it's got a lot of the things that we like about Joss Whedon. There's a cleverness and a pace and a, uh, a, a, fun, a funny nature to just a lot of the dialogue. Uh, and just the way that it moves feels somewhat unique. Or at least, especially at the time, you know, this comes out before uh, we've got, we had the infusion of J.J. J. J. Abrams and Joss Whedon's mm-hmm. a- aesthetic to these yeah. space movies. Wow. Uh, I feel like this sort of predates the the propulsive energy uh, that you get in a lot of these movies now. And for better or worse, but uh, to me, I like Serenity, so I'm, I'm going to go okay. that here. Uh, Martian versus Prometheus. Prometheus. Art, are you gonna? Are you really gonna make us argue about the Martian? I'm not talking about the Martian at all. I'm not a fan of that movie, <laughs> Prometheus all the way. Which I know people don't like either, but it's Prometheus for me. Bailey, um, I'm sorry. What y'all got? I quite like the Martian, but I'm not particular. I'm not particularly passionate about it. Um, okay. I think that's the first time. I mean, we got two Ridley Scott movies going head to head, but I think there's a very big jump in Holy between. Holy smokes, you're right. Yeah, I think there's a very These big were jump between. made by the same man? <laughs> it's, yeah, two, two Ridley Scotts. So I, I think there's a very tangible difference between his enthusiasm on Prometheus versus his enthusiasm on The Martian. The Martian, like we mentioned, like the clinical directing before with um, uh, David Fincher, and I think mm-hmm. that uh, I think Ridley Scott has a is functional to a fault, and I think I feel a lot of that on The Martian. But I, I think I'm probably more engaged emotionally by. Th- Actually, this is a really complex one because I've rewatched Prometheus recently and I enjoyed it way more. So like, I don't. Hmm. Does anyone feel particularly passionate about either of them to help me out here? Me, because I can swing I actually way. think I think Prometheus gets uh, pooped on a lot more than it does. Yeah, because it I, tries to I agree. A lot with of that. ambiguity. Um, I, it's no Alien Covenant. Uh, definitely, it doesn't stoop down I liked to it level more than that does. I liked it exactly. A lot more than Covenant. <laughs> I think I think it has some interesting ideas that it talks about creation and stuff. It's definitely not perfect, and many times it feels like he's wanking himself. But it's much better than The Martian, in my opinion. But again. I like to play big bracket. Let's just pick one. <laughs> one of the things that I love in a movie is when they can show a person doing their job and break it down in an engaging and, and compelling way. And, and the way that uh, The Martian is so much of a, a process of survival movie, I find to be a, a really, really 
fun ride and in a different type of way to approach this sort of story. So I kind of wanna I kind of want to ride for The Martian here, uh, the Golden Globe winner for best comedy, comedy. once upon a time. Oh god, this, yeah, that thing, was a thing. Do you remember that? Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of people hate on it, but. But what, well, what is I'm my just not better? a fan of uh, Matt Damon vlogging after being lost in yet again another movie where they need to find him, and it's just practically a series of YouTube videos going, I did it! Science! Which, granted, is like another lost, this all is lost type of thing. I guess it's the character. And you and I have discovered that for whatever reason, I have a disdain for Matt Damon the more and more <laughs> I realize it. And uh, that could be it, but that's fine. The Martian moves on. The greatest comedy that the Golden Globes has ever seen. <laughs> I love his speech when he won it, and he's like, best comedy. <laughs> Ridley Scott's aware. Don't Ridley worry. Scott knows. All right, Elysium versus Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Bailey, do you Bailey. have a preference? Um, I am a incredible fan of District 9. Like, a, I, I was obsessed with that movie when it first came out. It was, like, the best thing I've ever seen. So going into, like, Elysium, I was like, this is going to be the best thing that's ever happened to me. And it wasn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that being said, I, I, I really dig that movie. I love a lot of its sci-fi, sci-fi ideas. I love the way it's shot. I love all of that stuff. But I think, I think Guardians... Um, and I don't want to make this like a, within the MCU, it's really great. Cause I think it's a great movie regardless, but I think guardians mm-hmm. as a movie that came out at the time that it came out in the context, it came out is really special and really unique among yeah. the series it's involved in. So I'm probably going to go guardians on that one. I mean, the argument for guardians, particularly within the MCU is that the rest of M- the MCU started to look more and more like the guardians after that movie came out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, the other thing I would add for Guardians, because uh, Elysium has Matt Damon, that Guardians actually has like probably the best fan base in the MCU. Oh my god, you yes, can speak, easily. Right? Let's talk about that. I don't think, I've, I don't think I've ever ab- seen them arguing or, or complaining about anything. <laughs> Thank you. Or, hey, yeah. we, hey, we take note, because we hear y'all yell all the time when we say anything. Guardians fans, like, they love the franchise. Spider-Man fans, you know, they'll, they'll try to whip you if, you if you pick two over Spider-Verse sometimes. But Guardians fans are like, just give the movie a chance. We're the lovable losers. And I yeah. think that the movie really exemplifies that. I remember seeing Guardians the first time in theaters and kids, it was like they were, it was like kids in the 70s watching Star Wars for the Star first Wars. time. They, yeah, yeah. They ate that up. Um, so Guardians all the way. All right, so that's a sweep for Guardians. Next matchup is The Wandering Earth versus Zathura. Art, uh... You were the one who told me, who reminded me that the uh, highest grossing movie in China is also. It is. The Wandering Earth is an interesting film because it is the highest grossing movie in China. It's pretty goofy. It's this massive thing of literally there are rockets on the earth and they, uh, the the earth is a ship. They just like, they move the earth like like the earth is moving. (laughs) There's rockets on it. Is that what it it is? I've seen yes. stuff from it, but I haven't seen it, and I didn't know Dude, that's what. That's really that cool. That is the premise. I do, it's a movie that's I do want to check out because I remember seeing like a trailer and going, "Oh my god, this is phenomenal looking." So, uh, check Netflix because from what I know, it was on Netflix. Uh, it, it was, is, yeah, it was actually, yeah. Um, but I gotta go, Zathura. Look, Zathura may even be coming back. They have rebooted the Jumanji series, and many people forget Zathura is a part of the Jumanji books. And when they did their press tour for the last Jumanji movie, they said this ain't the second one. This isn't the third one. It's the fourth one. Because they're counting all three Jumanjis, and they're counting Zathura. Right. 
So there may be a chance that this movie even makes a comeback, and this is one of the most beloved ones. Is it going to go far? Absolutely not, but it's going to wander farther than the Earth did, so I'm going to throw on this one. And it's your man John Favreau before he became, you know, Iron John Man, Favreau. Lion King John Favreau. Before he became, this is one of my favorite things with John Favreau, is going to go see a movie that he's directed, and then his name comes out at the end, and a dad goes, John Favreau? The guy who did Swingers? <laughs> oh, he was so upset when that happened to Lion King. He could not believe it, but... Yeah, this was this was him right before hitting the big MCU stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, we're giving this one to Zathura. The next matchup is Chronicles of Riddick versus Ad Astra. Uh, Bailey, you're going Chronicles of Riddick, right? Of course, of course. There's there's no doubt <laughs> in my like mind. Uh, we all know how much of a fan of Vin Diesel I am. Um, <laughs> Mark Sinclair. I love, I just, I, I don't know why I occasionally Google Vin Diesel just to double check that that's not actually his name. Uh, and I'm still somehow surprised every single time. Uh, no, I, I, my love for Ad Astra uh, goes all the way to the stars. I, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's Ad Astra without a doubt. That movie last year, absolutely. Um, I expected to like it, but I didn't expect to walk out of it going, it's the best thing i've ever seen um <laughs> which i say about most movies i see to be honest but <laughs> uh yeah i'm ad astra all the way Art. i need a i need a second viewing of ed astra i am a huge chronicles of riddick I, I do like the riddick series and pitch black i think that's the one thing that he does because he's a big D fan mm-hmm. yeah Mr. sinclair he, he really does love D and he loves all this stuff but when he does like that Witcher thing that he did, not the Witcher, but the, that witch one that he did, the last Witch yeah, Hunter and all these other stuff, or something. you know, uh, even with Bloodshot, it's like he wants these other things to spark off as much mm. as like, you know, Fast or the Pitch did. But Pitch has been the only one he's really watered. He's really taken care of. He's made sure, um, oh, that's what it was. In order to be able to do his cameo in Fast 3, he said, I'll do it, but you have to give me the rights to Pitch Black. Once he got the rights to Pitch Black, really? he is the official yeah. owner over Chronicles of Riddick and The Last Riddick. That, to me, is really cool. I really respect that. It's not the greatest sci-fi thing, but you could yeah. definitely feel the passion for it. When I saw Ad Astra, I thought you could actually book something to the moon and stop <laughs> at the subway. It oh. is on a whole nother level. I thought it was visceral. I have to see it again. I don't, I don't think it's a perfect movie, but he was on one. I mm-hmm. went back home and immediately saw that Lost City of Z. Not as great as that Astra, but I, I went back home yet, to see I it. Desperate. I should. I've got it sitting there on a on a pile. Get the biggest screen you James got. Gray. Get the biggest <laughs> screen you got. This man was meant for a canvas. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to put it. The Lost Crazy City of stuff. Z. I just have to mention has like th- one of the greatest last shots I've ever seen. In a movie. I hear people say that all the time. Yeah. Uh, uh, Maybe that's um, what I'm watching it tonight. Then Lost City of Z. Yeah. All three you know, hours. We, We've got a bracket of uh, 32 movies here. Mm-hmm. Many of them go to the moon. Uh, none of them have the vision of the future of space travel that Ad Astra does. And I feel, yeah. feel like that creativity is just part of what makes that movie so great. So we're going Ad Astra Ari, here. Ariana. Arniara, <laughs> sorry. Uh, then we have The Signal and Gravity. Uh, Art, which way are you going here? Uh, I'm going Gravity, which I feel all of us are. If you guys haven't seen yeah. The Signal, I, it's a very interesting indie film, not to be confused with an uh, earlier film called The Signal. But it starts Brendan mm-hmm. Twaits, not the greatest actor, uh, ending up in an experiment, let's say, where he doesn't know where he is. And that's it. So like I say, I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting movie. Not everyone's going to love it. But if it finds its way on streaming somewhere, they definitely catch it. But nothing beats Sandra Bullock being 
top. I had never been more anticipated for a movie in my life than Gravity. And this was after Dark Knight Rises where I swore I would never anticipate anything ever again. And then yeah, this comes the out of Cuaron. a festival. It's my Tio Coron. Like, how could I not um, gush about it? Come on. I know y'all are going yeah. Gravity. Well, no, I mean, you alluded to it, but like the budget disparity alone, I think, makes this mm-hmm. a tough challenge. But that 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 also undersells like what a beautiful film that Gravity uh, is. And, and you know, uh, I, I think we are all just yeah. really... Saving the <laughs> points for later, yeah. But Bailey, yeah. you hate Alfonso Coron, so uh, considering <laughs> that he's made your least yeah, favorite I Harry might, Potter film... For, for the sake of keeping some tension in this list, I might not go into uh, my relationship with Gravity because I... This man's ooh. married to four of these movies. I'm very curious how he's going to have a breakdown in the next in the next round when he realizes they're going to be pitted against each other. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just... We, we might get into my feelings on Gravity later, but I'm going to say Gravity all the way. All right. All right. Uh, Avatar versus mm. another Morton Tildum product, uh, Passengers. Avatar? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know if there are... Pa- are there Passengers Defenders? If they are, they're on that ship, cryogenically frozen, not watching the movie. I don't know anyone who has defended Passengers. Passengers was one of the first movies that I got, uh, like, like, a million views to. And I realized nobody cares for it. Nobody defended it. <laughs> Usually I get to a million views and there's bound to be like a group of people defending something. Uh, more people defended Brahms the boy than people did uh, the passengers. So no, I don't really, I don't really think. So it's yeah, I, don't, I don't think I've ever met someone who went, ah, yes, I'm a big fan of passengers. Ah, or yes, even passengers. a fan of passengers or even liked passengers. I don't passengers. think, I, I don't think like I, there's a lot of the, about that film that I enjoy, but it was one of those things. I don't know if you guys have seen nerd writers video on it of where he restructured. Yeah. I was after that point, I was oh, like, yeah, yeah, I can't really. Yeah. You like flip the perspective and said, maybe it'd be like a better so movie obvious. if you had it all from. So obvious. Yeah. And so I, cause I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. I was like, why is this movie so creepy? And it was just the type of film that needed to be rewritten. 200 yeah. times and yeah in yeah. this case i'm a massive avatar fan so uh, i'm gonna really? roll that way okay oh yeah i'm like a I, I know a lot of people are kind of at this stage like a little bit dispassionate about it and it was one of those yeah. things where it was like while it was out it was this big movie that everyone went and saw but i'm one of the few people who's remained like a diehard like i'd watch avatar every day type person <laughs> so yeah i'm yeah okay See, that's I'm, the, thing, I'm, though, I'm the only one. I'm the only one on the planet who still goes, God, Avatar, <laughs> See, what a movie. You and Jimmy, you and James Cameron are the only ones. They, <laughs> I know you're obsessed with this next one, though. Yeah, so we've got uh, First Man versus Sunshine. Uh, Bailey, which one are you a bigger fan of? I haven't actually seen Sunshine. Uh, oh, it's, right. it's actually sitting on, we've got like a pile of stuff to get through, and everyone keeps like pulling out Sunshine and going, Yo. baby, tonight's the night we watch it, and it hasn't happened. <laughs> Um, which is weird. It's one of the few movies where I've listened to the ins- entire soundtrack multiple times without <laughs> having seen the movie. It's got a beautiful score, so that's already for it. But it's not First Man, so um, First Man it is. If I wanted to watch, I love the ending to First Man. I love the tricky pulls. We all know what we're talking mm-hmm. about. If you had the opportunity to catch an IMAX, fantastic. But I am not sitting through Ryan Gosling. I'm going Sunshine <laughs> oh, all the way. Bailey, you need really? to hop on this movie. Sunshine is directed by Danny Boyle and know, written by Alex Garland. I know, I know. So Bro, there's a lot going on there, but... You ready for this? Ready for mm. this. They both came out. Danny Boyle came out going, I never want to make a space movie ever again. 
It's ridiculous. And he found his faith. The writer and uh, Killian came out. I am now an atheist. I used to be an agnostic. <laughs> After this movie, I am fully the other way. And my man hasn't stopped making sci-fis ever since. It yeah. is this movie ruined like the people in it practically <laughs> with what they had to go through. So I'm uh, very like curious to hear your thoughts. Because uh, it's, it's one of those films that every character is playing an ideology. And how they clash when it comes to a moment of despair where they're saying that scientists will be the ones to make the decisions. Uh, which, you know, Interstellar covers and many yeah, of the yeah. other space ones on this list. But um, Zach for the tiebreaker. But I am curious to hear your thoughts on Sunshine when you finally catch it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. cool. Uh, I think I'm going to go Sunshine as well. Just talking Ooh. about... Uh, maybe something that I feel like is a little more unique. I, re- I really do love Elements of First Man, uh, but just the the way that Sunshine progresses and, and uh, grows maddening and, and just Danny Boyle's style matched with this space epic. I don't know. I There's something about it that I really love. It pulls something that Fight Club does as well. Bailey, I'll tell you afterwards. It is because <laughs> I, I rewatched it again today and I forgot that it does that the subliminal messages in the movie mm. that people to this day don't know what it means and it is the most beautiful crazy it is so layered bailey you need to say your goodbyes for first I'll, man I'll, I'll let you guys have this one because i haven't seen it and sunshine very much sounds like my thing so i'll let you guys yeah. have this oh but definitely first man I, talk about it no i just i just yeah like ryan gosling <laughs> <laughs> i my, my love for first man is is <sighs> What a, what it's a not score. your favorite, Chazelle, right? Score, oh yeah. though, like just regardless of you know, it's a great space film, but what a mm-hmm. bizarre choice for music for a space film, and what a wonderful choice it was. It's like a mm-hmm. jet. I, I yeah. don't even a jazz score. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just yeah. Anyway, first man. Is it your favorite, Chazelle? Um. No, I think La La Land's probably still a little bit higher. Okay. Um, but no, I, something about first man, like, yeah, it's also just, can we talk just quickly about how much of a chameleon Chazelle's actually managed to be despite like, I, cause I hadn't seen a trailer for first man before mm. seeing it. So when I got in there and it was all handheld shaky cam shot in the interstellar yes. style <laughs> where we're mounting everything on the side of things to get grounded in that, I was like, is this even the same director? And it wasn't mm-hmm. until, like, kind of the film ended where I was like, oh, thematically, that is the same director. There's that but, shot like, again, yeah. Thematically, that's Whiplash and La La Land through and through. But, like, yes, stylistically, he just was like, all right, we're doing something totally different. Um, and so even from that yeah. point of view, I was like, that's that was amazing in its own right. And the fact the film was also spectacular to me was a plus side. But Great character study. Yeah. He's definitely a uh, director who's shown that he can meet the material that he's coming to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, definitely curious for more Damien Chazelle. We'll be talking about him, I think, in the upcoming weeks with uh, the Eddie coming out. Uh, yeah. Our next matchup is our only animated movie on the West list, Wall-E versus Avengers Infinity. Uh, Infinity War. I feel like they did a little bit more space hopping in Infinity War than Endgame. Uh, ultimately, did. why I justified the the exclusion of Endgame. But uh, as much as I enjoy in Infinity War, I think Wally is like one of Pixar's best and just this uh, beautiful and profound uh, movie. Like as many Pixar movies do, getting you to empathize with a with a figure you wouldn't normally empathize with, and uh, the way they're able to tell the story, first through so much silence, then through this really uh, bizarrely, uh, it, you know, it feel it oddly feels like it could be uh, prescient 
future of humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just there's so much about Wally that stuck with me. Why I would vote Wally in this matchup, uh, uh, Bailey? Do you have a preference? Uh, it's probably, I'm just going to say probably a good thing you didn't put Endgame on this list because I'd be pushing mm-hmm. trying to push that as far as it can go. Um, the number one movie in my life I did not expect to love to the degree that I do, and yet, uh, yeah, I seem to be more of a hardcore obsessive over that film than most MCU stands, so I don't know how that <laughs> happened. Um, uh, I like Infinity War. I think it's one of you know the Marvel movies I love more, but we actually only just watched WALL-E again uh, maybe a month ago. Because uh, oh, nice. I'd seen it once, maybe a year after it. Ca- oh no, I did see it. I did see it in cinemas. So I've maybe seen it three times all up, but I hadn't seen it in like what's it, ten years or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, that's like top tier Pixar. And and the one mm-hmm. thing, like just as a detail to just obsess over, the film is essentially designed to be photo real. I didn't actually right. realize this. Yeah. So when it shows, because it it's the only Pixar film I think that uses live action footage in it Mm -hmm. because it has like the president or whatever's like all shot in live action and the film actually does this transitional thing where it goes from what people have looked like over the last hundred years or so and it starts with a live action person and then cgs them down until they're like the captain of the ship or whatever Mm -hmm. um because when i was watching it because uh roger deakins i think was involved in the cinematography yeah yeah and when i was watching the first scene i was like this yeah, no, so uh, when I was watching, like, the first sequence, you know, that 45 minutes of silence on Earth, yeah. I was like, this this is using, like, glare and lens distortion and, like, shadow effects that you would only see through an actual cinema lens. And then I realized, yeah, the film is essentially meant to be live action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I was from that point alone, I was, like, blown away. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. movie the whole way through, has a great message, has some of the best end credits of any movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that one detail alone, I was like, well, you wouldn't really think about it unless you know what you're looking out for. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's Pixar essentially tried to do like a live action film and it, yeah, it, yeah incredible. I, wow. Anyway, just wanted to share going, that cause I noticed it and I was like, wow. Dope. Um, I'm going, I'm going infinity war then. Uh, no, Wally. <laughs> I'm going Wally as well. I'm going Wally. <laughs> Clean sweep for Wally. Uh, we're back to the Marvel cinematic universe though. Uh, at, Oh, actually, I didn't realize that I left this one on our list. Uh, but Bailey, it's going to be a... Bailey uh, is feeling happy here. Yeah. Uh, it's Thor Ragnarok versus District 9. Bailey. District 9. Have, we'll, just, yeah. we'll just save us time on this one. Just District 9. <laughs> I will be completely honest with you. I need you to sell me on District 9 because I'm more Thor Ragnarok. Um, there's nothing quite like District 9. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I just, I don't really know if there's anything else to uh, to say about it, but the idea of a mockumentary that starts almost as a comedy, then becomes something incredibly, like, almost uh, disturbing that's dealing with... I don't know, just the idea of taking uh, everything going that's been going on in South Africa for the last, mm. you know, yeah. however many... It's been a long time, and then applying that to... Aliens coming to Earth is such a unique concept on its own that if the film wasn't this gorgeous, you know, amazingly rendered um, 
by a Weta Digital, you know, visual effects yeah. and this great production design and this really compelling story about a man who had a really bad day that then spiraled into a really bad life. <laughs> Like, I, if it didn't have that, it, it'd still just, you know, blow me away on concept alone. But there's, yeah, uh, I've never seen a sci-fi film like it. I don't think there's another sci-fi film that can really be put in the same mm-hmm. category as yeah. that. I know there's been other mockumentaries and, and whatnot, but, like, there's nothing quite like District 9. Um, plus, it's Even like him. a South African set film. Like, that's such a rare thing on its own. Yeah. South mm-hmm. African produced, South African made. Like, that on its own, I think, gives it an edge. I can't really sell people on it because I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. And my obsession I, with it is just, it's the best. And I can't really <laughs> translate that. So, I remember when it first came out and I thought that the um, the look of it was, I thought that was a real ship. I thought they had created the ship and like found a way to hoist it up there or using like smokes and mirrors. It looks Peter so, Jackson threw some money so behind that real. thing. It looks so real to me. Yeah. Um, the only thing I will say about it is I feel a lot of the uh, stereotypes that they give the aliens may not have held up as much, especially Probably. because I do think he's been doing this movie. You know, it's like um, poverty and the stuff happening in South Africa here. Elysium, poverty, we got to get up. Yeah. Chappie, yeah. poverty again. And, and it's like I feel like the follow-ups haven't been as successful because uh, in District 9 he had everything working for him. All Like you said, yeah. all the styles working for there. Um Zach, it's up to you. No, I was going to say, I mean, Bailey, Bailey's argument is a great one because it is such a unique vision. I mean, I remember seeing it and thinking that this is this is do the right thing, but with aliens. Uh, ultimately, oh. I, I just don't know how much it still resonate, resonates with me. Uh, maybe this is my recency bias, but like for me, Thor Ragnarok is the most successful Marvel Marvel movie. I just uh, that is really the only one like, you to, actually really like. Yeah, it's kind of the only one I really like. It's uh, it's one, I'm okay with letting you have this then. Like I'm all good with yeah. that. If, if you need this, that's fine. I, Bailey, I might take I, it just because like Taika, it's such a charming, fun movie. Hey, I, I love I'm it too. Actually, so yeah. Thor Ragnarok right, yeah. also kills Matt Damon. <laughs> well, we're or sold, kill him. we're done. Them. <laughs> we're in. We're... This also helps me because I probably <laughs> fucked up by putting District 9 on this bracket, so uh, we'll, we'll just pass that over. That's okay, I got all to right, talk we... about it a bit, so that's fine. Hey, that's all <laughs> Perfect. That, hey, honestly, that's literally all that matters. A bunch of these I told them, I was like, you just need to put them on there just so I can salute it. <laughs> just so I can salute <laughs> it and get goodbye. But to mention, all right, it. so we've uh, reached the Star Wars portion of the bracket. Yep. Uh, first up, we are going uh, Last Jedi versus Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Bailey, do you have a? I feel like this one might be obvious, unless you're a I'm an so original curious. trilogy defender. Oh, no, I don't no, know. So I'm I'm a massive fan of Revenge of the Sith. Always have been. Always will be. And at this point now, I don't know whether it's a meme obsession because I can't watch the film without laughing. It's my three a.m. Uh-huh. All my mates are like, we're exhausted. We're like, let's just put something dumb on, and we put on. Uh, You're that vine where they repeat the lines, and it's all yes. Dudes. No, no, that, that that's that, that's me. But I also think it's a really, really unique, fantastic, bold space opera that is missing a bit in the performance department from everyone except for uh uh ewan mcgregor but mm. oh and natalie portman is faultless at all times um <laughs> but no uh my love for the last jedi knows no bounds okay um right. yeah really you know um there's very little now that i can even say about that movie where i'm like i don't even know if i don't like that part of it anymore like all of it's just kind of became so much like one 
unit, I guess, as a film that even if there's little moments where I'm like, ah, they could have done that different or they couldn't, I, I don't really care anymore. Like I'm just at the point now where it's just wholehearted love for wow. it. So I'm going to go Last Jedi. Totally. I'm going Revenge of the Sith. Are you I'm actually? Gonna argue, I'm not going to argue. No, 100%. That. 100%. I actually do. Hey, did I not argue for this one being on here? I said one of the next Star Wars ones should have been booted because I truly believe that Revenge of the Sith had every. It's the only one of the trilogy, the original, the 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 prequel trilogy that's eighty percent around tomatoes. Mm-hmm. How do you go from mm-hmm. one of the crampiest movies? People would even argue the second one is even crampier. Do you get something to say? Hey, I like it. I like Attack of the Clones. So. True, but but you get what I'm saying, right? Like yeah. universally, when it comes to that, you got the third one and. Uh, I'm not saying it's a better movie, but as a Star Wars movie, this one feels like it's more in line when I sit down and watch the whole thing back. But I, I understand the love for The Last Jedi, and I'm, I'm pretty I, sure it's going to go ahead even out these other two. I mean, just the film craft, I feel like Ryan Johnson is bringing so much more to the plate than... A filmmaker? Uh, <laughs> as a filmmaker than George Lucas in this era. Mm. Um, you know, I don't want to say George Lucas period, obviously, obviously, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but you know, it, it, there's just, an, I, I love the energy of the last Jedi. So I'm going that one, uh, that one will advance. And our other star Wars matchup is force awakens versus rogue one art. Which way do you fall on this one? I really like Force Awakens. I understand that it's just a rehash of what the other one was supposed to be. Uh, and it, it's a rehash it be- of something great. It's a rehash yeah. of something great, and Rogue One is also really cool. I, I think no other Star Wars movie has the production design and oh grittiness God, yeah. that this one has. That's the best mm-hmm. I can give it. Um, I never really atta- got attached to the characters, which would have made the ending so much better because I really <laughs> think it's a ballsy ending. Um, but Star Wars The Force Awakens, I think, is a blockbuster of a film. I, I think it really puts you up in space travel and all the stuff, and while it is retreading stuff, it's retreading stuff that you like to revisit. Bailey? Um, as a sci-fi, I'd probably be more inclined to be like, oh, Rogue One, because of that mm-hmm. thing about like its design is so... And that's the first time that um, cinematographer Greg Fraser had been set loose in a sci-fi, which obviously he did The Mandalorian. It's very good. Um, and it's like, that's such a unique look, because I'd only really seen him in... Uh, I don't know if you guys saw Lion with Dev Patel from a couple of years yeah. ago, but I was like, I've never seen a film really look like that, because that's what all of our ads in Australia look like, but he kind of pushed <laughs> it to like a, a, a realm of art, right? And then that got applied to Rogue One, and I was like, God, I'm not enjoying the story of this at all, but the look of it, my look of it. God. Right? Um, but no, Force Awakens, as far as I'm concerned, is like the ultimate blockbuster um, it kind of hits all the notes required. It's got the emotion. It's got. It's kind of got everything there. So I'm going to go Force Awakens. Nope. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a really fun ride. You know, I think uh, as the months moved from the Force Awakens, people found more and more things to critique yeah. about it. But I, I just remember, you know, that initial reaction was like he really did this. Like he continued the legacy and and gave us something that feels like feels like a Star Wars yeah. movie. Um, yep. So. Yeah, we're all going Force Awakens there. And that's the last of our first round. We are moving on to the second round. It's going to get yes, tougher. Sir. The Sweet 16, these are nothing but winners here. Uh, we're starting out with Steven Soderbergh's Solaris versus Interstellar. And again, uh, because this is a bit of a blind spot, Art, I think I need you to lead the way. It's Interstellar. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll give that one to Interstellar. No uh, the next matchup is Moon versus Aniara. Uh, again, Art, <sighs> you, you've seen Aniara, but I, I know you like Moon. I know I you like, like Moon, Moon like me. I love Aniara. 
I love Aniara. I'm I'm out on this one because I haven't seen either. So yeah. I I love Moon though. I don't know, man. What do you I'll, think? I'll tell you this: between Moon and Aniara, I don't think it's going to beat Interstellar. True. So I'm willing uh, to go Moon only because two of us have seen it. With this being said, go watch Aniara. Moon. That's fair to me. Uh, Serenity versus The Martian. Uh, Bailey, which way do you fall on this one? I'm going to roll with the Martian, to be honest. Woohoo! But I'm still kind of like, I'm not super passionate about (laughs) either of them, so I'm kind of. I'm. Well, look, I'm a very diplomatic person, right? I'm trying trying to be diplomatic here. Um, I appreciate it. So I just like the the idea of the Martian kind of like eh, shrugging its way to the finals or something. Uh, no, but you it's prefer not it like, over Serenity. Yeah, like like I I I enjoy the Martian. I've seen it multiple times. I don't know how that happened, but I have seen it multiple <laughs> times. Um, so I probably yeah, it's easy for me to say the Martian. But at the end of the day, like I feel like if I rewatch Serenity, if I watch both of them back to back, I'd probably feel equally excited about both of them. So. Mm-hmm. Someone, I'm just going to be the tiebreaker if it comes down to it. <laughs> I mean, Serenity also does kind of rely a bit on uh, Firefly, and I feel like ju- also that The Martian is its own piece of entertainment. Maybe gives it a little bit of an edge here for me. I'm going Serenity. I'm sorry. I really do stand by the fact that I think it is a great adaptation. One of you guys had brought up the fact that Serenity came out before what would eventually be the template for Star, the new the Star Trek yeah. reboot and a bunch of the other stuff that we see with Space Adventures. Uh, and Nathan Fillion really had that. They, unless they Irishmen, bro, they wasted these actors in their prime. You know, Nathan Fillion yeah. was ready to do Uncharted, all this other stuff. Uh, yeah. And they dropped the ball and were never able to follow it up with another sequel and stuff. But um, yeah, the, Mar- the Martians, again, Golden Globe winner. Guardians of the Galaxy versus Zathura. Art, right, which way you want to go with this one? Guardians. Yeah. Figured. Yeah. Guardians. Ad Astra versus Gravity. Okay, Bailey. All right, uh, Bailey. Gotta gotta kill one of your children here. Oh no, I'll I'll quite happily kill Ad Astra. Uh, Ooh, do you see how uh, quick he turns? He said, uh, Astra, get out well, of the house." Well, it, it's it's. But you got gravity the, up here. The position gravity's in is is a very opportune one for a list like this. So, um, yeah. oh. so as much as I adore, you know, I'd probably say Ad Astra's probably in like my top fifty films or something. I, uh, it's not in the spot that gravity's in. So, so yeah, I'll I'll, I'll get rid of Ad Astra there. But uh, that it does hurt a little bit. I feel so you. yeah, yeah. Stings. I am curious to see if it changes for a repeat viewing for me because I've obviously seen Gravity. I've had the opportunity to see Gravity more times, um, but I had the chance to see them both in IMAX, and while they're both insane, the uh, the scenes in Gravity are crazy. <laughs> and then you get what's supposed to be this big, massive blockbuster, this big sci-fi, and has all this Oscar attention because of its themes of rebirth from the cover mm-hmm. of her being looking like a fetus. That The imagery that they have in this film is it's fantastic from a space movie to be able to create the language that it did. Um, and George Clooney is in this as well. So at least one George Clooney uh, <laughs> space movie is making it forward, even if he didn't in the film. There we go. Uh, Avatar versus Sunshine art. Which one do you prefer? Avatar versus Sunshine. I will personally go Sunshine because of the theming in there. Yeah. But if you guys want to go another way, it's, it's fair. 
I mean, I, I feel like this one is Sunshine's. I know Bailey hasn't seen it, but, you know... It, well, that's that's two against one, so, you know. Yeah, yes. but what's and, your and chances, case? Chances are, if I'd have seen Sunshine, I'd probably just be rolling that way anyway, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. G- give any last words for Avatar, Avatar Bailey? <laughs> yeah, any last words before it makes another three billion with the same sequel? Well, uh, the last words would just be, I, I am going to probably, uh, yeah, uh, be the only person there on day one because they were an avid <laughs> fan of the first one. Like, not because, oh, a new Avatar's out, it'll just be like, oh my God, I've waited for this for so long. So, so no, that's, that's all I got to say about it. Bailey going to be there cool. painted in blue, looking like a Brockhampton oh, lost member, just I waiting. <laughs> I could. <laughs> uh, Wally versus Thor Ragnarok. It's gonna get tough. Uh, very Wally. Soon. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, Wally. All right. Okay, that was easier than I thought. All three of us are going Wally. Just the you uh, more, more profound, doing, right? more emotional. Wally walking of- around with a broom, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you can't argue with that. You know, yeah. <laughs> you can't argue with that. Uh, our last second round matchup is the Last Jedi versus the Force Awakens. The the debate between that debate that raged within the fan base for a year, two years. Art Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I'm going Force Awakens. <laughs> but I understand. Bailey. I love the theming. I love the theming of what you guys yeah. are going to choose. Um, well, they're both they're both like kind of really close. I think. Or like were for a long time for me, and it's only recently that I say the Last Jedi is kind of really broken away, because there was on one hand it was like, oh, this perfectly entertaining movie that's just as I said, mm-hmm. like everything I think a blockbuster should be, versus a film that Bro. might not be as comfortable to view, but is so like I don't, I've never spent as much time thinking about a movie as I have about the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. um, and I find it just continually, just continually opens up the more things you stack next to each other and rearrange and not rearrange. I'm not saying like redesigning the movie, but when you start comparing this idea with this idea and you're like, fuck that explodes into all this other stuff. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to go with the last Jedi though. I am comfortable with it being the force awakens. (laughs) I think I'm a little bit like less of a star Wars fan than either of you. So for me, like my reaction is less on based on it as like, part of the whole and more on just like I feel like beginnings are a little more exciting and that's why I'm going to go Force Awakens here really like, wow you know your, your like surprised. introduction to uh, this new set of characters your uh, bring, being brought back into the world I just that to me was a more exciting feeling from a film uh, than me, what I got from The Last Jedi let me ask something there they got the raid guys bro do you remember that they got yeah. the raid guys to come in That I, I remember rewatching it when uh, the new one was going to come out I got so excited, jumped out of my sofa. I was like, I completely forgot you guys are putting this. Not really mm. used to their potential, but it was still really cool to see them. On that note, like with the, I was at the midnight opening where everyone's always, you know, mm. clapping and cheering for the whole thing, right? And I think yeah. me and my group of friends were the only people that were like, ooh, started like cheering for them, like when they turn <laughs> up. And everyone's like, wait, what? Do we are like, who are to they? know who this is? And we're like, they're the dudes from the red. Then I get like, the Easter egg. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, do people not so that are was people dope. not excited about this? But no, apparently it was just us. <laughs> it's Eco Wise, guys. Are you guys It's Eco? <laughs> the whole theater is looking at you like who the what is he talking about? <laughs> All right, into the round of eight. We're starting with Interstellar versus Moon. Again, a huge budget disparity uh when we're talking about some of these movies. Uh and, and as ambitious and amazing as interstellar is i i really am attached to the intimacy of moon although i feel like this is likely a losing fight art which way do you end up on this one i i really do like moon but i think interstellar the stuff in space that really sets the uh kind of kind of the criteria that we're talking about um 
bottle in the industry we've talked about this you put moon in a bottle film Mm-hmm. Uh, category it's like a bottle episode, yeah. yeah, and it may end up going a lot farther because that is its strongest point as opposed to its side, which is important. It's crucial, but I don't think it's it's it plays as big a part as this man said he was crying at the beginning of Interstellar. <laughs> I was too because I saw it in IMAX, and the opening to Interstellar is the blast off. <sighs> Tears were running because I had no choice. The whole theater was shaking. <laughs> uh, it really puts you in the shoes of the of the travel. I remember seeing that the robot in the trailer. I to this day because they claim it works for real, just like mm. BB-8 is able to move. I don't get it, but supposedly there was a dude in there and made it function. Um, I just think everything that they did within the world. I don't think it is the best one in this bracket, but I think it is one of the bigger sci-fi uh, space movies that really takes into account, even if it gets a little too lovey-dovey at a certain point, uh, the idea of uh, oh, space That's what I'm all about, though. That's And, it, and how that's far it. you can get. I think you could do it. I think Nolan has trouble with it, but that's a much bigger conversation. But, yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm the only person on the planet who finds, like... Like, the speech, say, it works for you. Say Inception to be like the most emotionally involving film on the planet because most people like Nolan doesn't work that way. And I'm like, no, I, I think it's just me, but I, I mm-hmm. connect with whatever he does emotionally more than I do from pretty much any other director. Uh, so no time oh, for caution okay. here. I'm going with, with Interstellar um, once again. We'll keep it simple. Right. I'm going with Interstellar. Like it. Yeah. Good. All right. Interstellar yeah. is advancing to the final four. Our next matchup, The Martian versus Guardians of the Galaxy. I feel like this is going to be an easy uh, Guardians, Guardians for of the me. Galaxy win as much as I've been defending The Martian. Like, it, it, Guardians is better. Space Adventure, it's more funny. Uh, I, I don't know. I agree. Yeah, it's Guardians. a comfortable kind of new age Star Wars type feel to it. So mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm cool with rolling with that. Art, uh, where do you land for Gravity versus Sunshine? Wow. I don't like the fact that you're thinking. I don't like the fact that you're thinking about this. See, well... Because you know what it should be. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's a lot of emotion in gravity, like when it comes to that whole process that she's grieving for, you know, her kid while she's out in the middle of space. Took her going all the way over there to be able to to, to get through it. And the visual is incredible. But Sunshine's theming... Do you get what I'm dealing with here? I'm dealing with like the technicality of one of the greatest space movies ever made with Chivo behind it and Coron behind it. And then I'm talking about Alex Garland who messes with your brain by going, I'm going to turn the director into a bigger uh, person of faith and then ruin half the cast who became atheists after this film. Uh, I'm deferring. I don't know. Let me think a little (laughs) bit more. I really don't know. Uh, we know Bailey is going with gravity. I, mm-hmm. I think I got to go with gravity as well. That's fair. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's just it is such a epic and, and uh, hits on so many levels. I don't know. I'll add gravity to it. Let's make it the sweep. But yeah. sunshine, sunshine is a banger. I was almost worried that it was going to make it all the way. I was like, this has. If all three of us have seen this movie, I don't see how we don't overly gush about I, it. At a it could point be there. a different story if it was also in a different bracket. Like you got any, true anything. Yeah, anything coming up against uh, gravity for me is gonna have a bit of a hard time. I'd say so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Sometimes it's just the the way that it falls, and yeah, uh, exactly. You get a so, bad but, matchup in the yeah. first round or something. But they're both great. It's just what, yeah. what preference are you gonna go for? So gravity. For it's sure. only great movies, pretty much at this point of the yeah, bracket. It's just difficult um, from here on on. Uh, our last in the round of eight is oh, Wally versus Star Wars: <laughs> Force Awakens. I am going Wally all Wally. the way. Wally. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty comfortable. This is right, scary, so bro. <laughs> we've got our final four. It is Interstellar, Guardians of the Galaxy, Gravity, and Wally. 
the best space movies that have been made in these past almost 20 years. Uh, (laughs) Hard decisions for us here. I mean... Actually, oh, no, this is, this is going exactly as planned, to be honest. I, so. I, I think it's going to be a lot easier than you think it is. Yeah, actually, looking at it now, I do, don't think there's going to be much of a debate between Interstellar and Guardians of the Galaxy. Anybody want to uh, throw some love Guardians' way before we, we set it safe Oh, no, I can, I can throw plenty of love Guardians' way, but I can Go throw ahead, even more Interstellar's way, so... Oh, no, so. you're going to need that for the finals. You're going to need that for the finals. So say the goodbye to Guardians. Yeah, I mean... Uh, it's a it's a much loved franchise. Uh, hopefully, its fans will, will be nice to us as we uh, leave it Honestly, in the final dude, four. They're, they're just happy it, it's made it made it this far, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Uh, and dude, from like the Funko that. Pops that they made. It. Yeah, that's all. They, exactly right. What we were saying is like the, the fans are just happy that it's here. You know, it won. The real guardians were the ones we made along the way to them. That's how they feel. <laughs> but yeah, Interstellar for sure yeah. premiere. Uh, Arturo, Gravity versus Wally. Wally. Woo-hoo-hoo. Interesting. I was Wally. not expecting you would uh, go Wally. against the family. It's Wally. It really is Wally. And I have a lot to back that up. <laughs> uh, Bailey, I take it that you are going gravity here. Mm, I have to think about Ooh. that. It's a, it's a um. crazy one, right? So tell us some of the things that you do love about gravity. Well, hang on, hang on here. Let, let, let me just we, we might as well break the news now. The choice is between Wally or my gravity. favorite film of all time. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so no, so Gravity's a weird thing. It's hard to explain what it is about that movie because obviously everything technically about it, like everyone knows, everyone yeah. everyone that's seen it knows the technical thing, right? But for me, it's like. For me, Gravity is the ultimate movie because if you watch that in 3D in a blacked-out cinema, you're floating in the void. There's no two ways about it. Like it's it's the f- when that film is shooting against space, and you're in a cinema that's blacked out, you're watching it in 3D. Like so, I'm I'm a big fan of 3D. First of all, like put mm-hmm. it that way, I'm probably the only person on the planet who is an avid fan of 3D. Who I would watch Avatar 3D? Who would watch Moonlight in 3D if the option was available? <laughs> like, I'd watch... I, I, I enjoy the third dimension to it, right? There's a level of immersion there that I get... Okay. ...that I, a lot of other people don't vibe with, all right? So, Gravity's, like, the peak 3D movie um, to begin with. Like, uh, that I, is so true. I basically... I blacked out after Gravity ended. I, like, straight up... Like, it ended. I'm pretty sure I, like, I, I like, passed out for a bit. And it was... Yeah, like, I, it was... I don't really know how to quantify that, but like for me, it's I like films that are elemental, that okay. strip everything back until the film feels like a force of nature, and usually mm-hmm. that effect is only ever gotten from a film like The Revenant, or I was literally or, about to say that, or Apocalypse Now, or films that were shot on location under the most heinous of conditions, where it's pushing it to the maximum, and somehow Gravity did that all in a studio, uh, all with VFX, and. I found it fully believable. Like it, there's, yeah, I, it's, it's hard for me to quantify. Like there's no line in cinema that I adore more than I had a daughter that long pause. And then Sandra Bullock's delivery of as she's twisting upside down as a world's turning. I had a daughter and then a monologue about what it was like losing a child. And I, yeah, there's everything about that film is just pitch perfect. Like there's, it's the kind of thing that's beyond 
um, you know, so like a sci-fi concept. It's not. It's just a space movie. There's no heady mm-hmm. sci-fi concepts that are out there. It's just the type of film that I could never have possibly imagined someone else being able to imagine. I I, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. a it's a long thing with that. So that's now you guys know fully how I feel about gravity. I was going to try to keep it quiet for the sake of su- suspense. <laughs> yeah, for the sake of suspense through the list, but at this stage, let's put all the cards on the table. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta. You still uh, want to go with Wally? You still want to go with when I think of Wally, I think of what space is in the future. I am never yeah. going to be my going to be in the position of Sandra Bullock, but I we all may end up being in the position of all those people up in space. What Wally talks about, I think, is so like to me, Wally is when people started going Pixar theory. These all all these things yeah. must be connected, and it started creating like a bigger universe in and of itself. Where you were talking about the animation earlier, I was like, I didn't even know to bring that up as a point. The forty five <laughs> the forty five minutes of silence and storytelling. I don't see how that doesn't rival it. The one animated mm-hmm. film that we have here, and it takes it to a whole other level, I think what it really talks about uh, in terms of space and everything is is Interstellar before it came out. It was telling kids, we've already migrated. Mm-hmm. Nolan will make the movie about the migration later on, but in this movie, it's already happened. Uh, mm-hmm. And the fact that it, it, it focuses on robots and personifies them to a degree that like uh, the new Pixar stuff that came out. I know none of us have Disney Plus stuff, but everyone can recognize Wally on the street, and it's literally just a box of garbage for the most yeah. part before the eyes even come out. Um, it again, we're at that point where I'm not saying anything negative about Gravity. I just think Wally has that extra. Um, That's cool. Level of uh, artistry when it came to uh, making a tale for everybody when it comes yeah. to space, when it comes to uh, <laughs> where we're heading, technically to a degree. Both We've are just put so much pressure on you right now. <laughs> I, exactly. That's what I... Let's go. Zach, <laughs> I tell That's what this, I'm I here say, for, is to make the tough decisions. Uh, both are beautifully realized visions by I, by, I would argue, master filmmakers, although Stanton doesn't necessarily get uh, his due, uh, often dealing with you know the isolation and loneliness of the great vast void up above us. Uh, man... There's something about the high and low nature of the pleasures of Wally, uh, the accessibility and the complexity that I marvel at uh, when, when you know Marvel. Oh, excuse me, when Pixar is able to to hit that uh, that in between that to walk that tightrope of delivering you uh, what is ostensibly child's entertainment, but actually works on just this deeply profound level that that can hit an adult right in the heart like i mm-hmm. i'm just in that's what i often am in awe of uh in terms of storytelling so it's it's the narrowest of margins but i think i think i'm going wally here as well Ooh. where does gravity fall on your coron because obviously i am bailey's favorite you put gravity over harry potter really mm. bailey yes Yes. <laughs> I put gravity over everything. Everything. Uh, where do you put... Where do you put it's what uh, best of all time is. Where do you put it as Coron's best? Because I, I still think Children of Men is Coron's best. I untouchable in my mind. Yeah, so I... Well, you know, for, for me, I, I talk purely in terms of what I like most in terms of, in terms of everything. And I think... Um, I think uh, for me, it's gravity, Prisoner of Azkaban... Children of Men, and then his other films work into the list. Okay, uh, below that, below that somewhere. But like, 
Yeah, so like technically speaking, it's like um, Harry Potter has an unfair advantage because of it being part of a series where it's so attached to the characters, I guess. So I'd probably put it more down to that. Um, gotcha. You know, the, the filmmaking in Children of Men is more like, how is this? How is this real? How is this happening? <laughs> like, what am I witnessing right now? Um, and yeah. I mean, Harry Potter has plenty of those moments, um, like Prisoner of Azkaban. But no, I uh, Gravity's just ultimate. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you could have the... Because the particular shot that, that goes to me, I know everyone talks about the opening long take, but for me, it's the one where she's um, trying to disconnect the pod um, that's had its parachute released. And like mm-hmm. the debris starts coming back around and she's just trying to undrill the bolts. And the camera's like... It locks into the side of the craft that she's on. So as the debris hits and it starts spinning around... It's my, I might be the only person to ever cry in an action scene, but that's like, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. So, uh, hey. no, so even in, among Quaron's stuff, yeah. It's Bro, I'm about to take out my goes. Blu-ray. I'm about to take out my Blu-ray and watch this at <laughs> one o'clock in the morning. I bought a 3D uh, Blu-ray for it, despite the fact that uh, I, how, I can't well, play do, 3D. Do you not have a 3D? So. <laughs> well, actually, that's I can, your dedication but, like, you to have, the like, third dimension. glasses and it's just, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah, just been buying VR stuff without the headset. That yeah, would be exactly. interesting, though. I, I am very curious to see how it would play at home uh, with it being yeah. 3D. Because I agree with you. When I did I saw manage it, to do it. We we had a we had a system years back that could do it, and it was it okay. played yeah similarly at home. Uh, different type of glasses, so it wasn't comfortable. But um, <laughs> gotcha. you know, just trying to sell gravity a little bit harder before I have to uh, give <laughs> in say here. goodbye to it. I know. No. I know. It only only classics sent this part of the list. Yeah, yeah. everything it, really it, is making a the tough at this decisions point. in the bracket. Yeah, uh, I've I've professed my love for it, so I'm cool to concede. Yeah, if I at have that to. point, like, yeah. I, I think I've I've made my case for it as clear as possible, and I love Wally. So if if we have to do it, it'll be up to the inter cuties to tell me and Art that we're desperately yeah, wrong. Yeah, we always leave it to uh, that. The <laughs> they let us know. Uh, our finals matchup: Interstellar versus Wally. Bailey, I'll let you start us off this time. Which one is the best space movie of all time? Not w- including Gravity. Well, no, well, well. Um, okay, or so in this case, you've then we've now got my f- fifth favorite film versus Wally. <laughs> so it's like, um, damn I'm, boy, I'm you get- love space movies. I just realized. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. It- it was actually, it's to the point now of like, um, I haven't offici- officiated my like best of 2019 list yet. Okay. Um, cause there's still a couple of others I want to see, but it's almost like if there is a critically acclaimed space film that comes out in any given year, there's a 95% chance that will be <laughs> Just my number drag one. drag it up to the top. Yeah. Um, and so right now I actually don't know what my favorite of 2019 is. It's somewhere between Ad Astra and Avengers Endgame, but either way. It's kind of a space film no matter what. Um, and like 2018, like it was between First Man and Annihilation. Like it's always mm-hmm. going to lean in the sci-fi realm. Um, and so, yeah, you'll see most of my f- top list is just padded every five films or so. It's like, oh, a sci-fi. Um, Do you so know that, why space movies speak to you in that way? It's it's that canvas. It's the, the fact that, um, you know, we don't get many fantasy films, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. fantasy films tend to deal with a very different thematic... Um, zone to what space movies do because space movies when you're dealing with the void and you can paint that canvas in any way possible um i and then ask any like questions that we don't know the answers to i think that's what it is about space movies that's why like when you guys said about this bracket i was like this is the one for me because that's what it is about space films or sci-fi is that like 
the questions don't ever have necessarily neat answers until like if we start if you take a sci-fi film and start looking inward with the questions so something like ad astra where it's like the the answer is we're all we've got like that's mm-hmm. a very manageable thing but like a lot of films like um yeah like to blow out the questions around it and that's what i'm into um a film going out let's put it that way a film going out to the furthest reaches of the unknown to tell us something that we've known all along i think and that's what sci-fi movies do that i vibe with the most you know gravity does it ad astra does it first man does it uh interstellar does it you know i know a lot of people are like aren't down on what interstellar ends up being it's about love but for me that's like you've nailed it you've gone out to the furthest realms of the unknown to tell us something that we knew kind of all along something Mm. that we understand like that so that's kind of my stance on sci-fi so i'm gonna go uh interstellar on this one i agree with everything you said about the unknowns about the vastness of space of knowing things were before and it blew my mind that pixar got all that down in a (laughs) robot a robot i feel it got the emotion that uh, and i know that that's like the thing that interstellar suffers from the most is people wanting to meme the crap out of the the love speech i dig the fact that you guys have gone this far with it because a lot of people i talk to about it are just not down on it whatsoever so see i I will be 100 percent honest with you i think that nolan's big love thing comes from his kids i feel every movie that he makes is a devotion to his kids you see it from in uh, in interstellar it's literally you know trying to go back to your kid in inception it's about trying to go back to your kid in uh the latter half of what ended up being the dark knight trilogy was about alfred being able to just have him yeah. to watch over it's literally how the trilogy ends it's almost like he's always been trying to make this i'm sorry that i go make movies but every movie i'm thinking about you my children and he has said it in interviews and i and i've always felt that that's something that he's he's kind of put in there so while sometimes it comes off overly blatant and i do think that wally handles it better just because of the medium you know like yeah. it's so much yeah. easier to get away with it in animation than it is sentimentality in animation is is what it's yeah and and Mm -hmm. i'll even say this it's one of the main reasons why we had you on there because uh one of the biggest things is like you over it's so much and we had this on the last bracket we talked about uh it's so easy to hate something and make fun of something than it is to 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 embrace and be like yes it's it's love can be cringy love can be corny love can be that but it's a lot easier to make fun of it whereas Mm -hmm. interstellar comes out in the 90s and we wouldn't make we wouldn't be memeing it because there's no internet to meme it it would be okay just like we've had those scenes in other sci-fi movies. Um, that's my defense on the Interstellar thing, because I, I, I can see why it doesn't work for a lot of people, but I also yeah. understand how Nolan approaches his emotion of it. Um, but in the end of it, I still think that the visuals in Wally and that world that it sets up, both of these movies will be remembered forever. For yeah. I wonder... Ever. There's no I, way I you'll lose, if but I go Wally. Me, I wonder if for me, the fact that I... I, I am a pretty big fan of Christopher Nolan generally as a filmmaker and the fact that I hold uh, films like Memento, The Prestige, Dunkirk, and such are my favorite of his. almost uh, de-escalates my feelings towards Interstellar, you know, just because by comparison it's not necessarily my favorite uh, Nolan movie, but it is still so, uh, such an amazing blockbuster. And yeah, I agree, like, I think sometimes people... Uh, go a little bit too far in dismissing elements of it uh, because it, it's beca- it's taken on sort of this larger-than-life status. It, it is such a monumental achievement in 
uh, its balancing of all these diff- of all these elements, and uh, you know he the way he uses time, uh, the way he he uses uh, just the pr- <laughs> all these different worlds, and I, I I don't know. It's a great movie, but I again am just such a fan of Wall-E. It's one of the movies that I was campaigning for a lot during our our Pixar bracket. I think at least uh, I don't know, man. It just I, I love that vision of it, so I am going to go here as well, uh, unfortunately. Wow. Bailey, who's seen two of his favorites be taken down by Pixar. It was all got- going to plan, and then it was derailed <laughs> at the last moment <laughs> like by Wally. It was oh, all derailed. Bro, I, was I was expecting us to get to Gravity versus Interstellar, look, and you guys would be like, man, I dig Interstellar, but it's Gravity, and then maybe just go... Zach, it, if, it's, if it's Interstellar versus Gravity, which way do you go? You know, I actually might uh, reverse course from you guys. I, for me, it's Interstellar. Uh, wow, again, for you know, me, it's I, Gravity. I, it's it's kind of a win-win for me either way at that stage. So, um, yeah. I, yeah, that boy. This has still gone pretty well because I'm more than happy to concede on Wally. Because, um, I mean, it is. Everything that you guys have said about it is 100%. Like, it, it really... It's probably, like, I don't know, in kind of hindsight for me it might actually be like pixar's best i haven't watched ratatouille in a while but mm-hmm. but like wally might be almost like the ultimate kind of um pixar uh pixar film in terms of like um that intersection of invention and emotion um yeah. you know like it's it's a lot easier to go to space and do you know, big, crazy ideas, you know, obviously coming up with something like Ratatouille is nuts because that's, <laughs> you know, almost applying like a real world and like, what if we put a rat in a the rat. guy's hat yeah. and it made him cook or like Toy Story saying like, oh, toys come to life. Like there's a magic, inherent yeah. magic in that, but there's something about Wally that's like, yeah, something completely more, different. More tactile to, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it, it, it feels fundamentally like it feels real, I guess. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, leading into what I was saying with it, having that photo real kind of vibe to it. Um, but yeah, Wally's almost got this incredibly real feeling where it's like, you know what? I don't doubt that this could be the way things are going. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it Bro. tells a really beautiful story with that. So that's the one thing I got to mention here. These sci-fis, uh, most of them, if you've noticed cover the earth is dying, we got to get the hell out of here or go boot up the, the moon again or the sun again. Ad Astra had us in 30 years, the world dying. Sunshine had us at 2057, the world's dying. Interstellar had us at 2067, the world's dying. Elysium, a little bit more hope. 2154, before all the, rich, all the poor people are over here, rich people up top. Passengers, 2343. So we're not making it to the year 3000, like the Jonas Brothers said. Like, it, according to all these sci-fi and space movies, they all to a T have us within at least the next 150 years uh, just ruining this place. Oh, we got a so virus br- to deal with first. That might. I know we got the, a bit. You know, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's crazy. You know, if we're talking about life imitating art, we used to have all of those crazy movies where the villains just wanted to get rid of half of the population with a virus. Well, all these space movies are telling us one thing, and that's that by 2050, we better start. Uh, pr- we better start practicing like uh, um, what's his name, First Man, getting used to this because yeah, getting used to the yeah. all those G's. I'm gonna go watch yeah. First Man again in 3D. Well, at a time that uh, we don't very much want to be here on Earth, it's a great time to look over at these space movies and uh, see what's lying out there. Uh, make, sure you, make sure you catch up with some of these movies that we've talked about. Hopefully we've convinced you to see a few that you might not have 
uh, checked out in the past. Uh, we are going to move on to our last segment. It's the new to see where we give you our picks for the week, recommendations for you to go out and uh, watch in the world art. Can you uh, lead us off? Do you got a recommendation for the people? Uh, there's a lot of great stuff that's out there, but I believe what is our release date for Bad Education on HBO? That is the 24th. Of April? Yeah, of April. Woo! Okay, then there's nothing else that I can recommend. If you do not have HBO, uh, get HBO. It is one of the – it's the best service that you can have out there. Um, and they have free trials going on right now. But one of the best movies uh, coming out, because it will also be one of the only movies coming out, is <laughs> the Hugh Jackman – Hugh Jackman-led um, – what would you call it? Like, what, what is the genre here? Like, Kevin Spacey it, it, could have been in this role. Yeah, it, it's a little bit of like a like – a, like a caper comedy, if you want to call it, but the capers already happened and they just want to keep everything together. Yeah. Uh, I, I compared it at least in tone a little bit to election, the Alexander Payne comedy. Interesting. Yeah. I would compare it to that. Um, but I would put that one on the recommendation. And then uh, I am pretty sure that Oniara is on Hulu, but if it's not, that will be my VOD of the week since obviously we <laughs> – that was the one and little ghost movie. it's already worked because I already want to check it out. You've already you – know? so, yeah, you've, you've got right one there. person onto it. So There you go. So, yeah, well done. All right. Uh, Bailey, how about you? What's your pick for the week? Well, I kind of like – I, I want to recommend stuff that like I haven't finished watching. Um, That's fine. I, That's perfect. So, so t- two things here. Um, Bojack Horseman recently just wrapped up. Um, and I, for me, that's my favorite thing Netflix has ever produced. And I'm actually surprised to find out that it's, it's actually way less mainstream than I thought it was. Like I thought a lot of people were watching it. Um, and it's a lot, yeah, a lot less, like I think on Twitter and stuff, it seems like everyone's kind of onto it and whatnot. Right. Um, but I think, I think general, general audiences don't seem to be as involved in it. Um, so that's like. Yeah, we've got all this time at home right now. Everyone's got Netflix. My number one thing would be to say boot up um, BoJack Horseman uh, because as much as, you know, I should probably be recommending the most uplifting things possible right now. Uh, I think that... uh, I think that that one's uh, kind of... It actually does have a supreme kind of sense of hope to it um, Mm -hmm. that I think is actually kind of comforting this time. I always found it a more comforting show than a depressing one. But BoJack uh, would be my ultimate recommendation there. And also, I've just recently got back into watching Mr. Robot again, hoping to move through yep. to the later seasons. Um, I think... I don't know what that streams on in the U, on the US. What what channel? Or uh, what? I believe... Well, it's on USA, but I believe Amazon has it here. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is USA like a like a TV channel? Like a gaming yeah, channel? Yeah, it, okay. it would be like AMC Network. It's USA Network. So, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. See, in Australia, it's on uh, this Foxtel um, thing okay. we've got. But... But Mr. Robot, if you're um, a fan of... Um, God, it almost has like a sci-fi element to the way it thinks. I think in the way we've been talking right now, it's not a sci-fi show, but there's almost a very yeah. sci-fi element to the way it thinks. Um, and so that would be my comfortable recommendation for now. Those two shows um, are great to catch up on. I'm assuming the mes- rest of Mr. Robot is fantastic because as much as I've watched so far is jaw-droppingly good. So Sam Asmiel don't me. play. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, we're fans of Sam Esmail here on Intercut. We're fans of Bojack Horseman here on Intercut. And yeah, uh, now that the series has wrapped up, it's definitely uh, a good time to go and binge through the whole thing. Uh, as Bailey was saying, uh, you know, as much of a, an introspective and occasionally uh, depressive show uh, as it can be, I think ultimately uh, 
it it believes in people and believes in, in the best of people. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, definitely would check out BoJack Horseman. It's also hilarious. Like we're talking about it, like it's a very uh, uh, oh, dry yeah. show. It's but it's one is... of the funniest shows I've ever seen. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, so both both great reasons to check out BoJack Horseman. I have a different TV recommendation. It's uh, on Hulu here in the U.S. FX and Hulu. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows has hey. returned for season two. The Taika Waititi uh, adapted TV series. It, it's still very funny. I mean, it's just a great format to adapt the office style mockumentary format to the show about a group of vampires living in a house together. Uh, they, they keep finding inventive ways to sort of deal with, uh, to humorously deal uh, with these uh, monsters of lore. There's an episode all about ghosts early this season that I found hysterical. So uh, if you're a fan of the movie, make sure you check out the show. And if you're a fan of the first season, the second season has now started. Uh, also, a show that I haven't checked out yet, but I really, really, really want to is Run on HBO yeah. with our girl uh, Merritt Weaver and Dom- Donald Gleason. Uh, this one comes from one of the writers of Fleabag, I believe. Uh, yeah. Actually, maybe Killing Eve. Uh, but Phoebe Waller-Bridge does produce this show as well. Uh, so it's got some good names attached to it. Uh, I think it's aired two episodes so far, maybe a third one soon. I'll definitely be catching up with it and uh, letting y'all know in a future episode of Intercut what I think. Because I was excited for this one for a little while. Yeah. Uh, but that's about all for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd at ZShevich. That's Z-S-H-E-V as in Vin Diesel, I-C-H. And check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash show. Bailey, where can people find more from you? Uh, you can find me, of course, at the main place, which is my YouTube channel, Loverboy Media. Um, I've got a whole bunch of new stuff coming out because this quarantine does keep us busy. So I've got a bunch of new stuff coming out. Um, and you can also catch me where I share most of my additional supplementary thoughts on Twitter at Loverboy Media as well. Um, and they're, they're the main, that's the only social I really use anymore. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Art, where can people find more from you? You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the YouTubes uh, at The A to Z Show and Let Me Explain. But you can find me every week here on the Intercut Podcast. You can catch every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I like Overcast. And then make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio, but to the video feed as well on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercutpod, where you can catch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of Intercut every Friday. Please leave a comment, like the video, and consider heading over to iTunes to give us a five-star, five-star review. Like our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. All of them are at intercutpod to get updates throughout the week from art from me from bailey from all the guests that we feature here on intercut thanks again for tuning in and until next time however many times i've seen it to be living it now